Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Mystical Musings, February 19, 2012, in the library of Colorado Heights University, beaming out from the highest point from the Mile High City with Myron McClellan and me, Lawrence Phillips. For those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred in America today. Thank you very much for joining us and being part of our community of mystics, people who seek to obtain unity with the deity, with the great spirit, with the Tao, and who believe in the spiritual apprehension of truths that are beyond the intellect. I am because we are. I am because we are one. I am because we are one celebrating body and spirit. May I take just a moment on a personal note. I know you will indulge me for just a couple minutes. I seek your prayer and support right now. My father is lying in an ICU in Dallas. He's been very heavily sedated for two weeks. He's had two weeks in the ICU in August for pneumonia. He's had congestive heart failure and aortic valve replacement. His lungs, heart, kidney are all very compromised. We've been very involved in this. This is a part that's come into quantum thinking today somehow. It's an amazing overlay for me, and I don't understand how it works quite yet. But I'm in it. And my siblings and I just decided to agree with our mother to have him undergo a tracheostomy. Uh, this would make his breathing easier. He's intubated. That's awful from all reports that I've ever heard. Um, It's been a very powerful time, as you can imagine. I have two brothers and a sister, my mom, and we've been really facing it, being present to this. And um, my beloved partner has been incredible in this time. I am so blessed. The Buddhists say in the evening gata that life and death are of supreme importance. It's become a constant meditation of prayer, sending love, heart beams, care to my family, care to my father, care to my mom. Thank you for holding this moment with me. Thank you. Thank you so much. It means a great deal. It means a great deal. Thank you. Mm. 
what are the changes that you would like to see happen this year? It is a momentous year. It is the year of the dragon, very propitious in the Chinese calendar. The year of power, big transformation. Happens once every 12 years. The birth rate goes up substantially in China in this year. Today, we're going to share with you our inspiration that we've been getting by looking at a perspective in quantum physics from a wonderful book by Diane Collins called Do You Quantum Think? It's a piece of what we're doing. It's not that we're doing the book report, but it's very inspirational. Albert Einstein said that we needed to develop a new way of thinking in order to deal with the problems that have created what we've now got. And this woman represents a magnificent approximation of this. I'm not saying it's the one. There are definitely things about it that I go It's wonderful. It's just amazing. It's really touched me and moved me. And I know Myron, so we'll get to share some of this with you today. By the way, if you folks in the back row ever have a problem hearing, because sometimes I can just more go into the emotion, just raise your hand for a moment, cup your ear and then I'll just lift the volume. So we can bring some of the wonderful gifts of uh, this interpretation of how quantum physics has been affecting our lives and our world into this now moment. We can share it today. It's really very wonderful. Surprisingly, we can have a very powerful effect on the world, on its heart and mind, instantaneously and with very little effort. We can do this individually and as a community. Our prayers together in this musing can be of the quantum think sort, and together we can bless the earth. Bless the earth. Bless the earth. And all her kingdoms in a joyful and unified and very powerful way. Today, we bless <coughs> the world together. The following thoughts have come forward to what I would like to present to you today as incipient evidence for mass positive transformation. And that is one of our segments that we do almost every musing. It's re being received well because the negativity in the media is so <laughs> ubiquitous that to find the good stuff, the really good stuff, it's hard. You got to really scour. So we're going to put forward this month's uh, offering of incipient evidence, the beginning evidence, the little itty bitty buds poking through the snow, evidence of mass positive transformation is this book, Do You Quantum Think? In this book, to, uh, she, she says so many wonderful things and I'd like to share some of the gems with you today. Today, as a result of modern science, we know so much more about the many dimensions of reality and of the human being than our standard industrial age education had previously acknowledged as real. What we thought of as solid matter is really energy in flux. What we thought of as objects are mostly empty space. What we thought of as absolute, fixed, and static actually isn't. What we thought of what we thought we could predict with absolute certainty, we cannot. What we thought was nothing, because it is invisible to the eye, 
comprises more than 90% of the entire universe and contains enormously powerful energy. These are pretty big, so if you're not breathing to stay up with what she's saying, <laughs> let your breath expand the spirit on a personal level. If you take, this is mind-blowing stuff, I'm telling you. This is really <laughs> radical. So if we're hanging out down here going, oh yeah, the universe is radically changing, it <laughs> makes it very difficult to stay with it. <laughs> so let yourself breathe. Ah, to sit a little taller <clears throat> and breathe a little fuller. Doesn't have to be big full breath like a yoga breath, say, because then we lose ourselves a little while. We may intend that if we want to chill out. Right now, I just want you to feel and open to this radical, amazing vision. What we thought had nothing to do with the reality, that is, mind, turns out to have quite a lot to do with reality. Quantum thinking talks quite a lot about distinguishing as one of the primary skills for creating a new way of thinking. And so I'd like to distinguish with you right now from the embodied perspective. There are many. She, she identifies seven different dimensions that I'll talk about later. But right now, we think of this as celebrating body and spirit. And so we want to integrate this temple that we've got below the neck especially. So notice, for example, Maybe let your eyes close for a second. Not so important to look out as to look in. The answers are within. The answers are within. The answers are within. So let the eyes close for a moment. Shut off the visual cortex. And feel free to keep them open if you really want to. I, hey, whatever is fine. But just notice now as you tune inside, you start to distinguish. You bring presence into the temple. Notice what you distinguish. Are you uncomfortable anywhere? Can you be more comfortable somehow? Please let that happen. If you need to unencumber yourself, if there's something on your lap, if there's any tension anywhere in your hands or feet or your belly, if the breath feels constrained, the jaw tightened, let all this go and just come into the present moment of sensing the temple from within. So we begin the art of distinguishing from an embodied perspective. We'll do it from a number of different perspectives today. But from an embodied perspective, where's your weight? That's critical for the martial arts as well as our sense of fundamental comfort. Where's your weight? Can you feel the weight in your feet, the backs of your thighs, your pelvis, your back leaning against the chair, the support of the chair? Notice as you notice, can you keep breathing or do you shut down the breath? It's vital that you let the spirit move through you just like the winds. And so you notice where your weight is. Notice your center especially that center that we think of below the navel a couple inches. Can you sense yourself there in your hara, your center of gravity? The breath will help you. The inhale and the exhale. Help to identify this one point, center. So you've got your ground, you have your center. 
noticing breath being just a little more full rather than what we tend to do in shutting down breathing, making it more shallow. For just a moment, if you could imagine that in this alert, ready state of deep relaxation and yet somewhat energized, that you might send out a beam to the horizon, a beam to the mountains in front of you. From your hara, beam out. Especially on the exhale, And then letting go of any extra tension you feel anywhere, your brow, your tongue, your eyes. Keep letting go. And so now you've distinguished from an embodied perspective a deeper presence from within the temple, articulating kinesthesia, the sense of the body from within. And so we bring this type of embodiment into our 21st century journey to find a new way of thinking, a new way of being. One of my favorite things in the temple embodiment is in the center, in your belly, to just come down into one point and almost fall into the nothing of it. Quantum thinking says the power in nothing could be the most important thing we can distinguish to access our power to create. Namaste. <coughs>
in this loving and reverent silence, we go to our core, to our essence, to who we really are inside, which is a loving silence. That's when we most know ourselves. Today, the winds of change <laughs> are blowing. <laughs> I love the way nature cooperates with us. <laughs> because nature is changing also. Animals are evolving, plants, minerals. David Kingdom is evolving. We are all moving forward in a beautiful, beautiful way. We celebrate together this transformation and do our best to keep ourselves open to it and participate in it to put into that transformation our hopes and our dreams for a new humanity, a new earth, a new world based in love, peace, joy, serenity, wonder, magic, truth. And as we feel that today, it moves it out into the collective. One of the most important things about having a sangha, having a group of people who open their hearts and their minds at the same time is that makes a huge imprint on the collective. Each of us individually makes an imprint on the collective. Together, it's, it's geometrically increased. And so as we are in harmony with one another, in harmony with ourselves. We put that harmony into the collective and bless the collective, and that's our part. We want to participate in the change that's coming about in the deepest way that we can. It's not always an easy time when we're in a, a moment of transition. Mood swings are pretty wild sometimes. One day we can just feel absolutely ecstatic and opening to everything that is, and the next day we can be contracted. We can have the blues. We can feel sad, inadequate, the opposite of whatever this is. So it has a pulse, it has a breath. Sometimes this and sometimes this. But always we want to keep our hearts open to whatever it is that's there. So we can experience all parts of ourselves. The part of us that is light, open, joyful, and the part of us that remembers the suffering of the world and goes into the sadness of what that is to so many people in the moment. We would not want to be happy and joyful all the time. That would be insensitive at this moment in history. 
and it would make us feel out of touch. And what we want to do more than anything during this period of time is to be in touch, not to be away. It doesn't mean that you don't need solitude. Goodness knows during this period of time you may need more solitude than you ever have before. But in that solitude, as you work with your own heart and your own spirit, then you bring in and bless all that is. We never want to be isolated in the way that we're not feeling what's going on around us. That sense of isolation, that sense of separation is the most painful thing there is. And we get hopeless if we think we don't belong. We get hopeless if we think we're doing this by ourselves. And we live in an illusion. We don't live by ourselves. We live in our connections with other people. It's a relational universe. We live in our connections with our pets and the animals. We live in connection with nature. We live in connection even if we are in our prayer cells all alone. And that's what we want to feel, that deep connection, so that we can put out through our own heart the joy, wonder, wonder, beauty, and hope of this moment that we are in. We're wanting to move away from this suffering, but we're not wanting to resist it. We're wanting to turn toward it in love and grace and offering. We want to be keepers of our brothers and our sisters. We are our brothers and our sisters keepers. We want to have that. And we want to have that with animals and plants and everything else that's on the planet. One hears Genesis quoted these days sometimes as man having dominion over all the earth. And you hear it as if that means domination. It doesn't. The Hebrew word didn't mean that. What dominion means, as translated, is protection. We are here to protect the animals, the plants, the minerals, one another, here to protect the waters, here to protect the insects, here to protect all that is. We are to have dominion and then sense our oneness with all that is. It's a big work. It's a beautiful work. And in a moment, I'm going to speak more about how we can be really effective in that work. But let me say before that it is amazing joy to be with you. Amazing joy. We look forward to this all month. And if you could just see yourselves. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you look great. <laughs> Namaste. Namaste. How's that breathing? The intent here is for us to move beyond our ordinary concepts of time. 
because in the new world we are in today, things in terms of time are moving so rapidly that trying to fit them into linear concepts of time is not only erroneous, it is debilitating and it actually drains our energy. The internet is beyond time, isn't it? Masters refer to our being in the now moment. Being in the now means we are outside of time. When you summon the state beyond time, you welcome and enjoy every moment, fully present, fresh, vibrant with life. You can experience our being beyond time. When we do this, we enter a sacred state. Following our breath, becoming aware. Allowing chatter to subside. Maybe giving monkey mind a banana. <laughs> In this silent stillness, we see with clarity and respond with enthusiasm. In this auspicious year of the dragon, a year of powerful transformative influences, we are now approaching the transcended Pisces new moon this Tuesday, which is Mardi Gras, Shrove Tuesday, before Ash Wednesday, the beginning of Lent, that period of fasting and penitence in commemoration of Christ's fasting in the wilderness prior to Easter on April 8th this year, the most important and oldest festival of the Christian church. As we approach springtime's renewal, we are also coming upon the magnificence of Conception Day, March 22nd. If you haven't yet tuned in to shiftnetwork.com, um, it's a wonderful vision. It's a beautiful vision put forth by Barbara Marks Hubbard, one of the great visionaries, 82-year-old, incredible visionary, very articulate, deeply heartful, profoundly cosmic. She's an amazing woman. And she's spearheading this. And together, they have come up with the notion of Conception Day, March 22nd, 2012, with birth happening on the winter solstice of this year. And so we, I'm sorry? Uh, that's the Conception Day is the spring equinox, yes, but the, but the birth is the winter solstice on December 22nd. Nine months later, how auspicious. This is the day on March 22nd that we collectively envision a new human possibility, a new consciousness, 
a new global culture dissolving millennia of fear and aggression and discord and turning humanity towards peace, cooperation, and co-creativity. The conception is nine months prior to the planetary birthing on 20 December 22nd, 2012, which for the Mayans is, of course, the end of time as we know it. There are 306 days until our planetary birthing. Isn't that a wonderful idea? Planetary birthing, how beautiful that we can all hold this, those of us, and now it's getting up to the hundreds of thousands involved in this as evolutionary change agents that you have so become today and have been. <laughs> In the past musings, I've cited this time as a possible apocalypse as well as a possible transformation. And a dear friend from our musings community reminded me, courtesy of the profound author, Tao Malachi, author of The Cosmic Christ, that the original meaning of apocalypse is revelation, promise of redemption, path of the great ascension. Little different than what our popular version of apocalypse has been. What is your intention for 2012? Quantum thinking reminds us that the intent is the active creative principle of life and has within it extraordinary power and potentiality. What is our intent for 2012? I like a planetary birthing. I think that's pretty good. You guys like a planetary birthing? I'd <laughs> go with that one. <laughs> Shiftnetwork.com. Shift happens. <laughs> Quantum thinking distinguishes life in seven dimensions. This, this is where it began to really get juicy because our primary focus in our culture and on the planet is in the physical dimension. Our science is predicated on that. The dominant paradigm throughout a lot of the world today is that the only reality is the physical apprehended by the senses. Do you quantum think has seven? The physical, ordinary matter and physical body. The energetic dimension of subtle fields comprising and emanating from all form. Can you feel your subtle field right now? Does anybody feel it? Are there any people attuned? There's one in the back. Okay, uh, feel your hands. Just feel your hands for a moment. Just notice as soon as you start to think about your hands, for some of you, something will happen. The hands are extraordinarily sensei. Biofeedback is to a great extent predicated upon the sense that we can bring almost immediate attention here and it starts to tingle. So now just breathe into your hands. So now a few more of you will start to be nodding your heads and saying, ah, yes, okay, interesting. So now clap your hands a few times. Good. Now feel them and let them turn toward each other. And let them move in and out until you can feel the response in your hands one to the other. Now not everyone's going to feel this today. It takes a little time to develop, but a lot of us will. And just notice that as you move your hand, Somewhere in there, ah, there becomes a little more intensification of the feeling. When you go away, it changes. Sort of an oscillation. And hence your subtle field. You begin to feel 
what it is we emanate all the time. So the physical, the energetic, the virtual dimension of mind and all extensions of mind and awareness like the internet, the spiritual dimension of heart where we experience the interconnectedness of all, the cosmic dimension of natural law, operating principles functioning throughout the universe and within each of us, the esoteric dimension of soul stories of evolution and prophecy, and lastly, the divine dimension that encompasses and is responsible for all of creation, the dimensions the dimension that transcends dimensionality, forever the ultimate mystery. That's a mouthful. She's very articulate, extraordinarily creative in her thinking about sharing these distinctions. She says, whatever you personally consider divine source to be, consider. Divine source differentiates as soul becomes enlivened as spirit, guides through natural law, becomes defined in thought, activated in energy, and manifests in matter. We live in an intelligent universe, and you and I are connecting hubs of that intelligence. Thought infused with meaning vibrates out and eventually takes form in experience all of it following universal wisdom according to cosmic purpose and given by grace. Our soul intelligence yearns. Our mind intelligence dreams. Our emotional intelligence responds. Our spiritual intelligence connects. We are alive because we are connected to spirit, light, and love. The more you are cut off from spirit, the less aliveness you experience and the less others experience the life force in you. The gift of grace is that we can tune into that life force in an instant, whenever we choose, in a moment immeasurably beyond time. the eyes soften for a moment. So they're still open, but they're the softest eyes that you can create. You're looking through your eyelashes. Soft eyes. Let the visual form shift and deepen your breathing as you soften the eyes. And as we breathe, we open to the great nothing with each breath going deeper and deeper. Into the very essence of our being Intending and allowing. Intending 
and allowing. Connecting with source, pure consciousness. The place of infinite potential. Aloha. Thank you.
if you are on some of the same mailing lists I am on, you will know that there is tremendous hype about 2012. I probably get one every other day telling me exactly what it's going to look like. I always find that so interesting because I never know what something's going to look like. I mean, honestly, I know what it might feel like. I know what I want it to be and how I want it to feel, but I don't know what it's going to look like. I've never been able to figure that one out. I don't actually think we're meant to know. I don't think we're meant to know what comes next. It would be a completely different universe if we did. So maybe on some universe we have lives on, it's that way. But here, we open ourselves up to surprise because we are a free will experiment. So I read these emails with interest and it always reminds me that when I am praying about the shift and when I feel that I'm co-creating the shift, because we are, we're co-creating the shift even if we don't think we are. Even if we don't know we are, we are co-creating the shift. Now, when we know we are, then we can really participate in bringing about what we want to welcome into our lives and into the lives of all on the planet as the shift goes on. But that's going to be about inner states. Because we know what we want to feel. Everyone wants to, wants to feel the same thing. You want to feel love, you want to feel loved. You want to feel like you belong. You want to feel connected. You want to feel vital, alive. You want to feel joy. You want to feel profound inner peace. You want to feel celebration. You want your heart to leap up in celebration of the wonder of his extraordinary creation. This extraordinary creation is being breathed into life in every moment by the creator. The creator and us. There's no difference because the creator lives within us. We are creating out of the divine creator, of the eternal mother and the eternal father. We're creating out of that. And what we are creating is our own self-expression. And this is so important because the other kind of email I get that makes me think about what this moment is in our evolution is the kind that tends to make it look as if when this great awakening and rebirth happens, we're all going to be the Buddha. <laughs> but you know, I would not want to be standing here talking to 30 Buddhas, right? <laughs> I like, I mean, I am in a certain way, right? You understand? I mean, you're all the Buddha, right? We are all the Buddha. But I love the different manifestations of the Buddha. I love that we are individuals. That's what makes this game so poignant, so real, so delightful, so joyful. Now, during this period of time, when these changes are happening energetically, there is more and more support 
on the one hand, we're knowing our oneness and feeling our oneness with all that is, and not just with one another, with all of this too. Feeling our oneness with all that is, our oneness with the earth and all creatures on her. And at the same time, there is tremendous support for feeling and being your authentic self. Feeling your authentic self, acting out of your authentic self, being your authentic self. Now you will notice changes that are pretty remarkable. You'll notice that you have more habits than you thought you did about conforming to what other people want you to do, be, or say. It's such a bad habit, but we all have it, right? So you'll notice little things, little changes in which you will say, well, I don't really know how she's going to accept this, but this is the way I feel. So I've noticed a couple of things, just to give you little everyday examples, because this does happen on the everyday. And if it didn't, you know, be completely abstract and wouldn't be worth anything. This is about our everyday life. And I noticed this, I was, I was telling Mary earlier that I have a friend who's very formal, loves me very much, I love her very much, but always signs her emails to me, um, all the best. And I wrote her an email back and I was very conscious of signing all the best, but when I got to that line, I thought, you know, this is something I love. So I signed it, Love Myron. Not caring how she got, took it, that's hers, right? But I needed to just have that moment, and I thought, this is a change. And then when I noticed myself in the gym doing Shen Dao, right? And <laughs> not, not caring what anyone thought, I thought, whoa. There is a shift here, and it is supporting us in being really who we are. Because honestly, who we are is so beautiful, it's just unimaginable. Swami Muktananda said the biggest sin is thinking that we're just wretched. That's the biggest sin. That is such an insult to the Godhead. Right? Such an insult to the Godhead. My heavens, right? No, we are beautiful, we are wonderful, and we are treasured beyond words by the Creator. Sometimes we know that. And sometimes it just brings us to tears. To say, really? That loved? That appreciated? That known? Just as I am? It's a tremendous miracle. So as we participate in bringing about the rebirth that we're called to bring about. We first feel that rebirth in ourselves. We watch ourselves every day with these little changes going on, little, little changes that make a huge difference. We're participating in moving the great shift into our hearts not into the pictures in our heads because it will not be what you picture it to be. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> so we want to bring this shift into our own hearts. 
bring it into our hearts and into our moment. And as Lawrence was saying, actually, there is no time in the quantum world. That's a Newtonian concept. There's no time. And so the great shift is happening now. It is now. And if we want to participate in bringing it about, we bring it all into our hearts. And in that, mo and in that way, we can stay in the moment and in the future and in the past at the same time because what quantum theory tells us is that we are not confined by time and that when we transcend it, we are in the past, we are in the present moment, and we are in the future, and we are changing all of them. We're changing the past as well as changing the future. So we bring that rebirth into our hearts. We bring everything that wants to be nurtured and guided and loved, supported, known. We bring that into our hearts. We bring into our hearts all the lonely people on the planet. Loneliness is the most heartbreaking and least human state to be in. We're not meant to be alone. Even though you know you spend a lot of time alone, we're not meant to be alone. We're not doing this journey by ourselves. This journey is way too big to live by ourselves. Way too big. Our individual journeys are. And so we can bring into our heart all that's the suffering humanity and bless it and it's blessed for all time. What we do in our moment is blessed for all time. I had a remarkable experience this week, last week. And to some of you, it'll sound fantastic. And you know what? I really did not care <laughs> because I'm just boldly going to speak about this fantastic seeming event. I was in a session. Um, with someone who studied with me for a number of years and is very sensitive. And, and uh, towards the end of her session, she said, what do you think about Maitreya? Maitreya is the Buddha of the future. Maitreya is the, the one who's supposed to be bringing in the new light and the new world and so on. What do you think about Maitreya? And every time she said that word, this being would appear, and he finally just got there in his light body, and his light body, it didn't seem like a CU, but I saw him, I saw his features, and he was so full of joy, my client and I just cracked up laughing. We thought, my goodness. He couldn't stop laughing and being joyful. And he said, and I heard him, and he said, your place here is a real portal of the divine. And he said that to my client. Your place is a real portal of the divine. And as I have been in many of your homes, I always think of them as portals of the divine. And he then said, and each of you is a portal for the divine. And that's what I need now. I need people in bodies. 
who are willing to be portals for the divine so that people can come into our sphere and feel like they belong and feel like they're being blessed and most of all feel like they are just perfect the way they are. So as we live in our hearts, we become portals of the divine and that's what Maitreya asked for. When I chant his name each day, my heart just gets this huge smile in it. And it just makes me feel so relaxed about the shift. Like, oh, okay, this is about relaxing. This is not about giving yourself more work. This is about giving yourself more play. This is about giving yourself more joy. And he said, and so does um, Diane Collins say, that if we are in our hearts in a place of joy and wonder, playfulness and lightheartedness, we are really changing the world. And that's where we bring everything to us that we want to have in our life so we can bless it and it can bless us. From the heart, enjoy, lightheartedness, playful. Okay? When we shut down and we get really serious, I mean, Jesus himself couldn't get into us, right? So <laughs> it's the truth. So, you know, just, and just open yourself up and say, hey, come on in. You know, I was telling you last time that, uh, that I was having this experience of like just experiencing myself as a big sphere. I hope you guys have been playing with it because it's awesome, right? When I remember to do it, it's awesome. And so then when I'm in that big sphere, I'm recognizing that my influence is all over the place and that every all over the place is influencing me too in a beautiful way. And the other th remarkable thing that I find when I'm in the bubble, even though I'm in the middle of the sphere, is that my ego goes to its appropriate place. It's like magic. It's like Diane Collins says, in the quantum world, things happen like that. They shift, electrons leap, right? It's instant. And it's like I go into that bubble and my ego doesn't feel defensive at all. It just is where it is. And I bring the ego in because I want everything in that bubble that belongs to me, right? But it's just so relaxed because it's in the greater self. It recognizes the greater self, how is it handled? It doesn't have to run us. It was never meant to. As I've said before, it's like the mailroom clerk who got kicked upstairs to be the CEO. <laughs> Doesn't know how to do it, right? It's made, you know, we have to acknowledge our egos. It's really, you know, they've tried hard, right? <laughs> but they just, they're not cut out for the job. So when you go into that big bubble and bring all of you into it, you'd be quite amazed at how ordinary you feel. How the sense of specialness and separateness go away. So it's a really wonderful technique. It's a great quantum leap technique. Because if you try to work on your ego, you're working on your ego from your ego and just making matters worse. You're going to what's sick to try to heal what's sick. All right, doesn't work. But if you transcend it and go above it and love it and bring it in and enfold it, then we have the joy 
of being individuals. And that's where the fun is. As my friend Paul wrote me and pointed out, he said, in the in spiritual communities, we can get so entranced with oneness that we forget the beauty of the personality, the individual personality, the wonder of that. And that's why, I th I thank you, Paul, for that. It was really brilliant and, and uh, truly, truly makes me appreciate everyone in my life in a unique way because everyone really is unique and everyone is the perfect thought of God. And this shift could not happen without you. You. It can't happen without you. Right? We all came in together to make this happen. We've probably done this hundreds of times over the millennia. We probably just keep coming back because it's so exciting <laughs> to see these shifts happen. <laughs> and because we know we're coming back together. I just know that I didn't agree to come here unless some of you agreed to come here too. <laughs> In fact, probably all of you. Okay. So, it's such a wonderful thing to know that you can bring into yourself and bless just by having them there, anyone, anything that you want. When I go into my sphere in the morning, I open my sphere and I call in all my guides, all my angels, all my friends, all my beloved ones. I call in everyone who's suffering. I call in the animal kingdom. I call in the plant kingdom. I call in the angels. I call in the great shift, have it within me there, and in me, it gets blessed. In me, it has life. In me, there is coherence. We are moving in a way toward much more coherence. And coherence is what we feel when we sit in silence after the music. There's no chaotic energy. It's coherent energy. Now imagine, and when you come in here and you just sit down, the energy immediately becomes coherent. I um, think of what that must be like if you went to the movie theater and you felt that, if you went to the baseball game and you felt that. What if you felt that coherence everywhere? That's what I think we're in for beautiful coherence made up of each individual's heart and knowing of oneness. So there's a lot to celebrate and it's really to celebrate with joy and if you get pictures of what's going to happen, you'll worry. <laughs> if you go to your heart and feel what is happening and what will happening and what was happening, you'll feel oneness, joy, and you'll be very relaxed. So have fun.
consider that we are seeds of light, God. Consider that we are seeds of light. And as light seeds, we can go anywhere in the universe with our intent. This is what all the great teachings of old have taught. And this is what our science today is proving. We are seeds of light. What does it mean to say that we create our reality? Can you and I create a rose, a kangaroo, or a sunset? Not, not likely. That remains the dominion of the divine creation principle, the ultimate mystery. However, we can create language that enables us to distinguish a rose or anything else. We can generate awareness of an, any object or idea. We can direct intent and attention and activate energy and resonant fields. It is in this sense we create meaning in our experience of a rose, its beauty and the sublime fragrance to become what we call our reality. Just as Michelangelo carved out his classic sculpture of the David, as he said, because it already existed in that block of Carrera marble as a possibility waiting to be actualized in form. We invisibly carve out possibilities in our own life from the infinity of creation. You're breathing, sensing your hands. Before we did this, try this. Just hold the sphere. Hold the sphere. Want to make sure your spine is long when you're working with subtle energy. You just want to hold the sphere. And ever so slightly, you just begin to feel your hands and fingers and arms ever so slightly moving. Just a little bit slight intentional movement to just allow a stimulating of sensation to help you tune into the subtle energy that is present in this sphere. Deepening breathing, deepening exhale. And you can make your sphere as large or as small as you like. It can be a really small little sphere that you hold and cherish. And it can be a larger sphere that can grow to the size of your whole body and larger. As you contain the sphere, let the sphere be Gaia, Mama Gaia. And just hold her, just with your intent and with your love, nurturing the whole as well as the self in this remarkable energetic sphere that becomes present and available anytime, anywhere.
we feel life. That's how we experience. How is it possible to experience the moonlit sky or the song of a bird or the majesty of the distant mountain range? Feeling isn't just emotion or physical sensation. What we experience extends well beyond our body. In quantum thinking, we feel life with our whole being. Wisdom teacher Seth used the phrase feeling tone to denote what he called the deep musical chords of our being. It is as though our body is a big sensing device and beyond the physical and the invisible aspect of life, we feel still more in our heart, our soul, and our mind. One last little embodiment. From your place, let yourself just ever so slightly go into the ever familiar slouch <laughs> and just go into it a little and feel the coiling a little bit in your belly and feel that you're rounding your back and your head and eyes are coming down a little bit and there's a coiling that's happening in your center. And on the exhale when you're ready, in slow motion to begin, let that coil release as you open to the extension, bring your arms out, and you leap into the void. So again, let yourself coil. Come down in, and you're just gathering the energy, breathing, feeling that presence in the center in the one point. And on the exhale, And one more time to let yourself just practice your quantum leaping. Coming in and on the exhale. <sighs> Have fun with that. Namaste. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.